Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with a, shall we say, lighter approach to what most people consider a very serious undertaking. On today's show, episode 46, the Braves win the World Series. NFL chaos with Aaron Rodgers making everybody go look up the definitions of vaccinated and immunized. Odell Beckham cut, upsets galore. We've got the college football playoff rankings. Purdue continuing to play spoiler in the Big Ten. Uh, We've got our NFL previews for Week 10, and despite both Jeff and I being eliminated, we will give you advice on your survivor pool. Email us at dscthepodcast at gmail.com, at dscpodcast on Twitter, dscthepodcast on Instagram. Rate and review us with five stars on Apple Podcasts to help other people find us. If you give us a five-star review, we will, in fact, read it on the pod. All right, we got all that out of the way. We're pulling a little switcheroo with the hosting duties. We're giving Jeff a much-needed night off from hosting because it was his birthday yesterday. So I'm tonight your host, Tim Reinhart, and alongside me tonight, and, well, I guess just tonight because I'm the only I'm the host only tonight, is a guy who has exactly one thing in common with Tom Brady and George Washington. That is Jeff Roman. Welcome, Jeff. What, I, I'm on the edge of my seat. What is that one thing? Uh you, Tom Brady, and George Washington all have your your best days ahead of you after the age of 40. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. Absolutely. Right, so 100%. I'll take it. George so, Washington won the Revolutionary War, led the Constitutional Convention, became the first president all after 40. Tom Brady is going to win 16 more Super Bowls all after the age of 40. You, the world is your oyster. Right. I mean, you know, and George Washington was dealing with uh, both George Washington and Tom Brady were in uh, professions and times where uh, being over 40 wasn't uh, wasn't a common common thing. Right. Right. So back then, yeah, 40 was was the new 40 and now 40 is the new 23, I think, or something. Like that. So, um, All right. Yeah. Well, so uh, it so, was great. That was great. The, well, I'm I'm I, I'm just trying to live up to uh, live up to your your standards with the hosting here. So let's see. Uh, well, uh, why don't we why don't we put this uh, get this one out of the way because it happened earlier in the week, uh, and and after all, we should lead with it because as as you said uh, any number of times, we are the um, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. So um, Braves win the World Series. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, and I believe that was that was Tuesday night last week after we recorded. So right. a little bit a little bit of old news for for people who are keeping up with it. But um, you know, I I was afraid um, that them losing Game Five at home kind of doomed them. Um, but uh, my fears were unfounded. There, uh, you know, I, I think. I always like when it's uh, a team that has an interesting story and is a little bit of an underdog that wins. Obviously, we always root for the underdog here. Um, but, you know, the Braves lost, you know, maybe the best player in baseball and and um, Acuna uh, earlier in the year and replaced him with uh, Jorge Soler at the trade deadline, who was uh, basically doing nothing in Kansas City and just... Uh, 
got really, really hot in, in Atlanta and obviously really, really hot in the playoffs as well. So I always like to see those guys, you know, the, you know, famously in 2006 for the Cardinals, it was David Eckstein that got really hot. Um, also helped that a lot of Detroit's outfielders slipped, but um, that's neither <laughs> here nor there. Um, so uh, obviously official podcast of the Atlanta Braves, very happy with the result. Um, I, I think it was a fair result based on the, how each team played in the, in the playoffs and, uh, in the world series. Um, but you know, uh, just another, another feather in the cap of baseball playoffs being more random in a good way than, uh, than the regular season is just so much shorter. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a fun watch, you know? Yeah. You know, you said something that, that I thought was really interesting and, and usually each year there is a story uh, of a guy that, and and there the playoffs are are long enough to allow for, you know, a story like a David Eckstein or I know that the two of us are very um, partial to the 2011 David Freeze story, um, and you know Jorge Soler uh, gets his gets his moment, um, yeah, after being effectively on the scrap heap there. Uh, Earlier in the year, he comes in and now he's hitting balls out of uh, out of the ballpark. Uh, actually, he did that as we were recording last week. Um, yep. So, I guess, um, yeah, it, it, I think I agree with you that that's that that's kind of uh, kind of cool. Um, now, what I, a question I had for you is: Did you read the uh, the sort of like behind the scenes Jeff Passan? Um, article about the Braves and how they sort of righted the ship and turned things around. No, I didn't. I like Passan. I like Passan, but uh, I didn't read that one. Yeah, so it, it sort of it it um, it highlighted one of the key moments. Um, your boy, uh, Jock uh, Jock Pearls Peterson. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So um, his, I guess, entry into the clubhouse. Um, was was a big it seems like was a really big moment for for that group of of players and he kind of came in with a swagger and and an attitude and apparently uh as as Passon likes to say he dropped a lot of f bombs and was like we're going to we're going to freaking win this thing uh we're really good you know and, and infuse the clubhouse with uh with a much needed sense of of energy after having lost uh uh Acuña yeah. And I, I think, you know, that's what we've talked about a lot of different podcasts where it's like not just um, the numbers or whatever. It's it's the sense of, uh, you know, emotion and, you know, believing in oneself and one's team um, that makes teams better, that that intangible, you know, uh, not the pulling the pitcher at the right time, but more like, you know, how the how the players are feeling like are they feeling excited or are they feeling like down in the dumps you know that's going to affect their their play on the field more so than um tactical you know advantages and that sort of thing so um that makes sense to me and that's you know those narratives obviously are uh are are fun to read about for sure yeah um and now now we get to now we get to go to I think what is one of your favorite parts of the baseball season, which is, you know, the off season hot stove. Am I right? Like you, you, you kind of get down with following all those, all those rumors. I, I like all, I like every sports hot stove exclusively. However, the one thing that drives me a little bit nuts about baseball um, is that it's so slow. 
right? There, it's a it's slow. Already, it's, it's, a, it's a slow burn, free agents, right? It's free agency. It's, what do you is call it? It's a simmer. It's simmer. Yeah, it's a, it's a simmer. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. The stove's on simmer for quite a while, and and you know that's you know it's if you look at sports like NFL and NBA, especially the minute twelve oh one, right when free agency opens, all of these guys suddenly have their yeah. deals sorted out and it's right. like a, right. a, a like a sprint and a flurry and it's crazy and you're trying to keep up and your phone's blowing up with all these alerts on, on from from signings happening exactly at the, the stroke of midnight or noon or whatever and um and that is fun as well um but baseballs is a little bit more um more like baseball right it's a little bit of a slower process it goes at its own speed um it, it shakes out over the matter of months versus the matter of you know, hours for other sports. Um, so I do, I do like that. Um, it, especially this year, I think there's a lot of big names out there in free agency. So, um, we have plenty of time to preview that. So yeah, we'll put that, we'll put that on a, uh, on a, on a, uh, a pod on, on the back burner in deep. Yeah. Or on the back burner, we'll put it on <laughs> the, the front burner this, for one of our stove, yeah. Uh, thing going. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's let we got a lot of NFL, so why don't we uh, go before we just keep continuity? Before we get to NFL, why don't we jump over the college football playoff rankings? Now, did you watch the uh, unveiling of it last night? I I did not. It was in the middle of the basketball games. Um, yeah, they, they, it was, was so weird. Um, they they did it during the NCAA games at Madison Square Garden, and they like posted it up on the big screen. It, it was just sort of an odd. Um, way of doing it, but anyway, are, have you have you seen them? The, I am the looking at them. I am looking at them right now, looking okay. live at the, so at the rankings. They did it in a kind of bizarre way, where they they usually give us the top six, uh, the the four that are in the playoff slots and the first two out, and they they did it differently. They give us uh, the four and then the next three. So we have Georgia maintains their spot at number one. Alabama maintains their spot at number two with a pretty shaky. I don't know if you watched any of that game. It was a pretty shaky win over LSU at home as well. Right. Um, Oregon moves up a spot to number three. Ohio State had a, a difficult task at Nebraska. Um, they moved. They won. Moved up a spot. Cincinnati uh, also a bit of a. I, I forget who they played already. Um, but they they did not handle their business yet. Was it Tulsa? Maybe um, yep. they didn't handle their business, uh, you know, as strongly as as I think they would like. So they're they're sitting at five. Um, and here's where people were getting all hot and bothered, which is Michigan is six, Michigan State is seven. Despite nine days ago, Michigan State, uh, or I guess ten days ago, Michigan State beating Michigan. So uh, where do you fall on that controversy? Uh, the two, the two Michigan schools, should they be ranked the way they are or should they be flipped? Well, frankly, that doesn't really make sense to me. I mean, if you beat a team, you should be above them. I think that's right. That's Oregon pretty, is above Ohio state. Right. Right. Like Oregon um, beat Ohio state in week two or three. Yeah. They're still ranked number three. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, don't take that to, you know, the ludicrous, um, thing like every, you know, the team that beat Atlanta, Alabama shouldn't be above Alabama. Right. But, right. Right. Yeah. We're, we're talking about two teams with the same record that are similarly ranked. Yeah. Um, 
Now, I, I, I think the one thing that like at least there's solace on is that uh, and when they interviewed the the guy who's the commissioner or president of, of the whole thing is he ended up saying something along the lines of, well, that's this week um, and next week is a new week. So uh, let, let's say Michigan State wins out. They're going to the Big Ten championship game. They're going to be ranked higher than Michigan. You know, right. so like it, it's it it's a thing. We're we're still at least the way I'm reading this, we're still in a situation where we're probably looking at two SEC teams. Unless even if Alabama loses, they might give it to them. Um, if Oregon carries its business um, forward, they will be they will be in. And um, assuming there are no slip ups between Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, and one of those teams wins out their games and then wins the Big Ten championship game, I think they're in. And that would leave a Big 12 undefeated, if that if that were the case, that would leave a Big 12 undefeated team in Oklahoma out. It would leave Cincinnati uh, as an undefeated out. Uh, thoughts on that? You know, I, I would love Cincinnati to get in there. Um, I, I think they have not steamrolled teams like people want them to. Um, but I think part of that is that they know that they can't slip up. So if they, you know, cause if they lose they're they're done, right. They're out, yeah. out of the, out of the playoff. So I think they're maybe playing a little bit tighter than they should. Um, if they want to like, you know, win 45 to 10 and, and actually get into that top four, um, you know, I would, re- you know, Oregon doesn't, Oregon doesn't blow my hair back, um, but I, I think I'd rather have Cincinnati than Oregon, but I understand why Oregon is in there ahead of Cincinnati. Um, so I, I think, you know, obviously the Big Ten is going to do some shaking out, um, but Oregon would be the team that, if it lost, would open the door for Cincinnati. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that, and I would I would hope that the – rankings as they are are maintained whereas uh, where if if Cincinnati wins out that they would get in over an undefeated and, and everything else is the same they would get over and un, get in over an undefeated Oklahoma that's what I, my hope would be I don't know if that's going to happen it seems like they I don't know kind of rigged the system a little bit like Baylor lost to TCU and and dropped one spot I don't I don't understand how that works um you know so it almost seems like they're they're keeping a big 12 team a couple big 12 teams around uh, oklahoma state has certainly earned that uh they're eight and one I, I don't get how baylor uh loses to a tcu team that i'm pretty sure was under 500 uh or or around 500 and dropped only one spot but that 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 happens to um Iowa and they go down to, you know, 20. So right. I, 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 I'm not entirely certain what's happening. And I wonder what, what the conversations are that are happening in the room um, that will effectively, I guess like, here's my, here's the conspiracy theory. You can tell me what you think is that like, they're the ones that are making the rankings so they can, you know, when they say like, Oh, it was a quality win by Oklahoma over Baylor. Uh, or something like that. Well, says you. 
<laughs> you you're right. the guys that rated that ranked Baylor there. So it, it's it's all it's it, it, just a reminder of how subjective some of these things are. I don't know. Right, and I think they there may be some artificial inflation of Baylor just to kind of make the Big Twelve pump up the Big Twelve a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, make it seem a little bit less like a. I don't know, a lost conference. <laughs> well, um, because, because that, uh, that's it. Yeah, it's Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma State, and Baylor. That's that's all all you get. Right, exactly. And so Oklahoma obviously plays Baylor this week, um, and Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State on the last week of the year. So they're, right. you know, I think they maybe punted on that a little bit and said, okay, let's just leave them where it is because we know that they're going to play each other. And if ba- if Baylor wins then we don't want to jump them up from unranked to eight. Right. Um, so I think they're, they're in a holding pattern pending this week's results. Um, something right. like that. So I, I don't know if it would be such a, maybe not a conspiracy, but I think it's, they are, as you said, kind of almost stacking the deck a little bit because they know a big matchup is coming up. So they're, they're keeping them close by just in case they win. Right. We, we always have to remember that, that it the as many you know you can put whoever you want in that room from you know from the commissioners of these conferences to Condoleezza Rice right who was who was in there I think she was like the one of the people that was on the original committees um, and it's still ESPN that's really behind all of this uh, because they get to now send probably College Game Day to Oklahoma Baylor and say it's number eight versus number thirteen. Or, you know, I don't even I don't know if they're going there, but that that's something that they could do or they they promote that on ESPN. Oh, we've got number eight versus number 13. Um, so I, I always I'm getting I'm getting all conspiracy theory on. you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I but I do believe that's that's a, a factor of, of some of this stuff is that they they create their own news, which then benefits their own uh, their own network. So we'll see how that all shakes out. I don't know. Final thoughts before we move on to uh, some NFL stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of problems with the rankings. Um, you know, uh, the key is the top four. You know, if there was a, uh, a, you know, a top 12 that got into a college football playoff, you know, we'd maybe have some, if we had problems with 13 and 14, it wouldn't be a big deal. So um, I, I just want to see how it shakes out. And for college football, I always root for chaos, always root for upsets. So I'm definitely rooting for that going forward. All right. Well, hopefully except, that except, uh, except for where Ohio state. Okay. Is thank you. I was going to yeah. say, hopefully that does not yeah. play out because the other big story is that, uh, pen or excuse me, pen. It's not pen. Anything Purdue is, is, uh, just putting more notches on its, uh, you remember, um, that movie gangs of New York. You ever watch that movie? I never watched it, but I, I I'm familiar with. Okay, it. Okay, so there's a guy that that uh, in in like the gang wars that would happen in New York City, he would he would carry around a club and he would put a notch on his club for every person that he whacked with it during these uh, during these gang uh, gang battles. That is that's who Purdue is. Maybe in the show notes we can put like a picture of that guy. <laughs> Purdue okay. is that is that team. Um, they have taken down Iowa. They have taken down now Michigan State. And in their headlights uh, or, or in their crosshairs, I guess I should say, is uh, is Ohio State. So uh, 
This is a game that is at Ohio State, so that is kind of a kind of a difference. Um, they beat Michigan State at um, at home. Um, they did beat Iowa on the road. So um, thoughts going? In, I think that's sort of one of the premier games uh, of this week. Thoughts on that one going into it? I mean, it, it's you know surprising that Purdue is still unranked or near near the 25s um so they're 19 in the playoff rankings they're unranked in both ap and college or excuse me uh, coaches polls yeah see that confuses me because when i look at google there's unranked they don't have any they use different rankings than other places anyway uh it's all (laughs) proprietary yeah um i think you know obviously i don't follow ohio state football as closely as you but um, Purdue seemed to be able to score at will on Michigan State. Um, maybe another reason Michigan State got dropped down below Michigan, um, this loss to Purdue. Um, so, I, I mean, I was going to lean on you a little bit for this preview um, of what we what we should be looking at in this game. Um, yeah, so Ohio State's defense has been a lot better. Um but yeah, this is definitely not a game that I'm super comfortable with. I do not like the line, which is Ohio State minus 20 and a half points. 20 and a half. Yeah. Holy smokes. I know. So um, I think the fact that it's at home is a big part of that. I bet if this game's on the road, it's probably like 14 um, if I had to guess. But, you know, the, these are the games that in college football make you uncomfortable. You've got a team that is hot. They're playing spoiler. They're coming into your stadium uh, where you've already laid an egg this year. Uh, Granted, that was a long time. That was, you know, feels like a whole other season ago against Oregon. Um, I I do think um, Ohio State should be able to win this game. C.J. Stroud is is a good quarterback. He turned over the ball a couple times last week, where which is one of the reasons why that game ended up being so close. so I'm going to go with, uh, you know, I have to go with Ohio State. Um, but you're right, that Purdue offense, I forget the name of the uh, the wide receiver. It's like He pretty much just did whatever he wanted. Yeah, I think he had 200, I want to say he had 200 receiving yards um, against uh, Michigan State. I should have um, belled, uh, something, somebody bell is, is, is I just... Uh, David Bell, not the baseball player. David, I, he's he's got a thousand yards receiving. He's got five touchdowns. Um, he's a guy that they need to take away uh, if they're going to be if Ohio State's going to be successful. They need to take him away. He had 217 yards on 11 receptions uh, last week. That's and 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 he's had. Um, let's listen to these this guy's numbers. The I, we're we're digging deep. Purdue wide receivers here. Um, he had six catches against Minnesota for 120. He had 11 against Iowa, 11 catches, 240 yards. Wow. Uh, like, so th- you got to shut this guy down. He's uh, he's the the weapon that they, that they're going to Ohio state's got a key on him. Pull the bill Belichick, uh, take away, put, put two guys on him, bracket coverage, whatever you need to do. Uh, but that's going to be the big matchup to watch. If if uh, Purdue can feed him the ball in a lot of different ways, then um, Ohio State could have a long, could have a tough, tough day on their hands. It's going to be a tough day anyway. 
um, hopefully it's a tough day and they, they win it. Yeah. 20 and a half. I mean, that seems, seems like a lot to me. Um, I know Agreed. we said that number was similar. Um, we, we said that about Oregon. I think Oregon was like 14 and a half. Um, and that, that one ended up obviously the way that it did, but right. Um, we, we sat here saying that this exact conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, based on how Purdue has done against, uh, you know, big teams, uh, highly ranked teams in the in the Big Ten, like winning any which way for Ohio State would be a good sign in this one. All right, yeah, I think uh, we're we're in the part like, and you saw it with Alabama. It's 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 survive. It's it's win and survive. Uh, you know, if you're in that top four, you you just need to keep winning. Just keep winning, and uh, and you'll you know probably keep your spot. Right. Um, all right, let's transition over to some NFL. Uh, why don't we start with your take on um, Aaron Rodgers? Um, I, I know I went to the dictionary and was like, what's the difference between vaccinated and immunized? Uh, it seems like uh, Aaron Rodgers was parsing some words when he was asked about whether he was vaccinated. And uh, I don't know, it, it's, a, it's a totally bizarre story um, that, has so many because it's not just him it sounds like the team knew and it even sounds like the league again conspiracy theory uh night on on the podcast it sounds like the league knew as well um so what's your take on on all of this well i I think let's let's unpack it from the the last statement you made the league definitely knew because aaron Rodgers went back and forth with them about (laughs) right should he be treated like a vaccinated player exactly they were like uh, no. And he, I guess, wasn't for most things. I don't know. So, um, one of the interesting things, and I'm going to just do a sidebar, um, here real quick, but I was listening to the ESPN daily podcast about this. And one of the interesting things they said about, um, this is that they NFL put cameras in all of the everywhere in the team facilities so that when a situation like this happens, they can do contract tracing and figure out who wasn't wearing a mask where at what time. Right. Yeah. Um, and how close they were together for how long and, and so on. Um, and you know, if you remember last year, Denver Broncos had a game when they didn't have any quarterbacks because all of their quarterbacks got ruled out, um, for being close contacts to somebody that had COVID one of the, one of the quarterbacks. Right. Right. So they found out that the, the quarterbacks were going into the quarterback room, putting their, um, their little Bluetooth doodad, uh, contact tracers in the corner and then going and sitting in the middle of the room with no masks on and taking their meeting, um, which is frankly ridiculous and hysterical that they didn't know that they would just get caught by somebody looking at the video that is like recording at all times. It is. It Uh, it is amazing. Yeah. So, so, so segue that to Aaron Rodgers, right? So they, they have cameras. NFL has cameras in, in every room and hallway and whatever in the facility that they can look at. Um, They're probably not actively looking at it, but if they had an investigation, they would look at it. And in this case, they probably did um, and find Aaron Rodgers and the, the Green Bay Packers a hysterically low amount of like fourteen thousand dollars or something. So, you know, like so. Let me ridiculous. let me ask you. Like, do you think that is because, like, what kind of leverage does the NFL actually have here? They know that he wasn't vaccinated. He's been doing press conferences without a mask. He's been doing. My, it's uh, my understanding that if you're an unvaccinated player, you have to be wearing a mask on the sidelines, 
and you have to wear a mask at press conferences or do them over Zoom. And he hasn't been doing that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, yeah, Uh, I think he, obviously, he was definitely doing the interviews um, without a mask in person with the reporters. Um, Yeah, I mean, as and as being such a high profile player, it seems like they would notice that, you know, Um, somebody would say, hey, uh, you know, hey, boss, like, did you see Aaron Rodgers' press conference when he's in the room with all of those people? <laughs> right. Um, uh, you'd think, right? Um, but you know, uh, nothing. Nothing surprises me with the NFL being uh, one haphazard in their um, application of their rules, and two, uh, looking the other way when it most is convenient to them. Um, so obviously, uh, Aaron Rod. You know, I think I I take a lot of uh, I. I do a lot of metaphors about, about parenting. Um, but one of the things that I, I thought about when Aaron Rodgers, um, when they, you know, back in August, they, I said, Hey, Aaron, you know, they're asking all the quarterbacks after Kirk Cousins said he wasn't vaccinated and a couple, uh, Cam Newton said he wasn't vaccinated right. at the time. Um, and that obviously the press asked Aaron Rodgers and he said, yeah, I'm immunized. Right. So everybody was like, oh, yeah, whatever. He said, yeah. The first thing he said was, yeah. So it, it reminds me of like, you know, you're you're talking to, you know, your kid, a kid, whatever. And you don't want them to go out and play anymore. And you get mad at them and you're like, don't you go out that front door and play. Right. Um, and then later, you know, you know, they come back in and you're like, you know, were you outside? And they say, no, I didn't go out the front door. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they 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 are are they lie in just such a way that they know that they are answering right. the question, but they also know that they are telling uh, an untruth. Yeah, it's it's not exactly a lie, and it's definitely not the truth either. Right, like it's right. it's it, that's a good way to put it. It's an untruth. Um. Yeah. So it looks like he is possible to play on Sunday. Obviously, um, Jordan Love did not look um, super comfortable in the game uh, against the Chiefs. I think, you know, again, that's that's a situation. Aaron Rodgers plays that, you know, hypothetical what if. Uh, he plays that game. I bet they smoke Kansas City because Kansas City looked lost again. Um but it looks like Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be out, or he 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 could potentially. Uh, it's my understanding the earliest he'd come back is Saturday. Right, he could get he could get cleared on Saturday. I think it looks, I guess, probable that he would get cleared on Saturday, but um, it, it's still up in the air that he would get cleared. And then he just have I don't know part of a day of practice. I mean, right, then you're Rogers, in the Dak the Dak Prescott yeah. scenario that we right. got hurt by last week. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, that I mean, the Kansas City Green Bay game from last week, you know, kind of went both ways for me. Like it was both an indictment of Jordan Love as a quarterback for the, um, you know, for Green Bay Packers now this season and in the future. Right? He didn't look like right. he was he was ready. No, um, Mike White, that guy. I'll tell you that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then also an indictment of. Uh, Kansas City, their offense looked dreadful, um, and they they're one of their two. I think they no they did they only have one touchdown. Um, yeah, I believe they only had one yeah, offensive 13, touchdown. 
Yes, thirteen and seven. But the the other touchdown was was gifted to them by that that uh, punt hitting off uh, hitting off the guy's leg. If it wasn't for that, they may have scored nine points. You know, it, I mean, the margin had been uh, even thinner; it had been six to seven or something like that. Right. Um, so obviously, Green Bay's defense is good, but they're still missing a bunch of players as well. So there, the you know, there's a lot to unpack about that that game, and none of it is good for either side of, of the field. Yeah. Um, so that one was a, a very surprising um, game. Um, I think we had a lot of surprising games last week. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. So wanna, let's do you want to do, do OBJ first or you want to talk about while we're, we're, we're let's let's since we're talking about games, let's, let's talk about them. So uh, we we had some tough luck uh, in our picks for sure. So. The Ravens won on a last-second field goal. You had them at minus five and a half. The Saints looked lost. You had them at minus six. And I think the one pick that I I'm, I'm, imagine you were like, yeah, like this one's going to be uh, – um, wait, you just fixed it. The uh, Oh, my gosh. You picked the chart. I saw, I, I saw L.A. and I immediately thought Rams. No, I, no. I marked it as a loss. So, um, I, well, since I'm already on the, the Rams, I was going to go Rams uh, – here, that was a that was a shocker of a game, um, that Sunday night game. Did you watch any of that? Yeah, I watched that one. I mean, I think um, of all of the shocking losses uh, this week, uh, I think the Rams at least played against the best team. Yes, um, they they played way worse than they have all season, um, but at least they played the best team. I think obviously Buffalo losing to Jacksonville was uh, way more of a travesty for Buffalo. Well, it, and, it, it would have been one thing if it was like 31 to 27 or something. It was, it was nine right. to six. Yeah. Yeah. And that's even worse. So, I mean, I guess back to, back to the Rams and Tennessee, I think the Rams offense really couldn't get anything going and Tennessee really, um, benefited from um, two Wentzian uh, plays by Matthew Stafford near his own end zone, one where he spun around and just threw it um, and it was caught and went down to the two. And then the other one where he, he threw it for a pick six um, for like a, you know, a 10 yard walk in pick six. Yeah. Um, without it, that Tennessee, you know, didn't move the ball. Great. Um, and neither, neither did the Rams. So it would have been a lot different game if those two minutes, right. Were erased from the game and it was just a punt or something, you know, tell you that front for, for, um, the Titans was in his face all day. All yeah. Night. And I, I, I thought that, you know, there was an interesting point. Was that Sunday night or Monday night? I can't remember. Um, uh, that was Sunday night. That was Sunday. Yeah. Night. So they, they made an interesting point on the broadcast about how Matthew Stafford, you know, started putting them you know, wanting them to do offense where they drop straight back and Tennessee was collapsing the pocket so much that they went to a more like rollout style offense that more is familiar with, um, with the Rams coaching staff. So I, I thought that was an interesting, um, you know, highlight and adjustment. Um, but you know, the Rams offensive line and, and correspondingly Tennessee defensive line really just, uh, was dominated right um and tennessee the strength of tennessee's defense is not the secondary but if you don't have time to throw it at the secondary then it, it doesn't even really matter that much right you know? uh, a, a a second a weak secondary is made a lot better by a strong offensive or defensive line yeah absolutely uh, or, or de- maybe i'm saying that a defensive line can mask the problems of a of a weak secondary um 
Yeah, so we we both uh, keeping on like the theme of upsets. So Buffalo gets picked off by uh, by the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars, um, and then the Dallas game. Uh, we both had them in Survivor. And yeah, man, that, that was, one that one was yikes. Yeah, I mean that one was really depressing to me because it was like thirty to nothing before yeah. <laughs> before I really like set in that oh man this one is this one is over like there you know there's no chance that that Dallas is going to come back here I I I honestly don't know what to say about this this one was at home against Denver who has you know signing guys off the street to play linebacker who just traded away Von Miller and they basically got effectively blanked by Denver um, at home. Uh, yeah. Very um, surprising result. I, I was actually playing golf um, on Sunday and I looked at my phone to check the scores for Survivor and I, I was like, there, there's no way this is right. Like, yeah. Because I think it was, I think it was 24 nothing at one point. And I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And then you texted me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, I guess, well, this guy, I, I guess it's real. <laughs> yeah. I, I was at, a, I was at a, um, a kid's birthday party for for with with my son and uh i wasn't checking it that much and then i looked and i was like that can't that can't be right i had the same thing i was like wait a second like it's this score and it's like like mid third quarter like this doesn't make any sense like where is this coming from um so you know obviously all teams are are liable for a bad game but um i they they tried um, it got away with a, a win um, by sitting out Dak Prescott, and then they kind of walked into a loss, uh, bringing it back. By playing so, him, yeah. Um, you know, I think if they had looked ahead, going one and one in this stretch, they would have probably thought it went the other way around. Taking it um, the other way, yeah. Yeah. Don't figure so, this league out, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, this is one of those weeks that is just like, you know, we, we think we can we can pick this stuff. Like, like how – I don't know. Like it's just so crazy. Right. Like the, flip a coin, the, flip a coin. Yeah. Sometimes the, the, better. The variations, and you know, uh, I'll uh, um, I'll steal. I'll steal a a, um, a story from. Um, so I'm in a in a pool with with a friend of mine, and his um, he has like thirty or, or forty people in, and so we pick you know winners and losers, right? Not against the spread, just wins and losses. Um, and you know, his, his father had passed away and his father had been in the league, in the group, the pick group every year. So rather than, you know, uh, remove him from the group, he just put him, put him in there, paid the extra 20 bucks or whatever for the year for an entry for him. And just every Thursday, just flipped a coin and, you know, heads for one team, tails for the, the away or home. Right. Um, and so just put it in entry every week. And this week he flipped a coin and he won the whole thing this week with his father's entry for just flipping a coin. He got, he got that's the most wild. Fun. Yeah. That's so, uh, that, that reminds me of like the story of Billy Martin, you know, pulling the Yankees lineup out of a hat. Uh, like <laughs> why not? Because what else, yeah. nothing else is working. Um, yeah. that's, that's an absolutely wild. So the coin flip was, uh, the most accurate. Uh, the coin flip was the most accurate this, this week. week. Yeah. Well, yeah. so speaking of this week, it looks like so I I kind of messed up when I was counting them. So we were both one and two. You lost the Ravens at minus five and a half. The Saints at minus six. You won the Chargers. Good road win against Philadelphia. Um, and you won your bonus pick 
Um, I did win my bonus pick, so that puts me at two and two for the week. So, so right, we said you only count. We only count the bonus if it wins, which if is good wins. because yeah, my bonus pick was the Jets at ten and a half, and they promptly got smoked by uh, by Indianapolis. Um, I lost the Bengals at two and a half. I lost the Packers um, at a pick, and I won Arizona. Um, they looked they looked pretty good with Colt McCoy. Um, under yeah, center. that one was a bit um, of a, a bit of a wild ride since you picked it, right? You picked it, and then Kyler Murray's out, and then it goes to the game, and they absolutely dominate. So that one, that one, you ended up on the right side, but it was like yeah, kind of a it, roller coaster it, getting it, there. Exactly. Um, so that I guess kind of brings us to um, to week ten. Um, mm-hmm. So have you done a little pre? Uh, I don't know pre scouting of these games for week ten. I have, I have, I have a couple of things that I like, um, maybe too much, just like last week. I have. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like we know how that worked. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It never works out well. Never, ever works out well. Um, so let me, let me pull, uh, let me pull up where I think I remember where I put my picks. That's the most important part. Um, so let's see. Um, I, I am looking at, um, one of the looks that I liked um, was, um, you know, we talked about Kansas City, about how bad they looked. Um, and Kansas City is now going to Las Vegas. Las Vegas, um, obviously, in, you know, all co- kinds of turmoil from different players causing, uh, you know, total chaos there. Um, but Las Vegas is getting... Uh, if I'm looking at it right, two and a half points um, there. Uh, so I'm going to take Las Vegas plus the two and a half there. Um, that is Kansas City. That is one of mine as well. Um, so oh, wow. I am okay. I am Las Vegas uh, plus the two and a half points. I would pick them to win that outright, but uh, we'll we'll stick with the two and a half. Yep. Um, my next one is, um, one that I'm less, I, I kind of went after it, um, earlier in the week when I wasn't sure about Aaron Rodgers' status. Um, and now it looks like he might play. I'm regretting this a little bit, but I will stick with it because I'm a man of my word. Um, and I got this at plus four, but I'll, I'll take it at plus three as well. I'll take Seattle plus three against Green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers being back will probably throw this into complete disarray. Um, but I, I think that, you know, given that there's a chance that he's out, um, you know, this is an easy, uh, easy, good number for me. If he's out, if is, he's in, is mm. Russell Wilson back? Russell Wilson is back. Yes. Okay. So that all is right. the so big that, difference. That's all, that's, that's yeah. huge. That's huge. Yeah. So Russ, Russ being back is a big is the big help for me for Seattle. Um, if if Aaron Rodgers is out, obviously that that's a great number. But um, if he's in, eh, I'll roll the dice and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then your third pick. So I am gonna go with. So it, it's getting towards that time of year um, where I start looking at um, the weather. Yeah, you love uh, it. I, I love looking at weather. Obviously, we had a. a uh, weather guy on our podcast because I really wanted to to uh, to talk about the weather. Um, so Sunday in Pittsburgh um, looks like 42 as a high and rainy. 
so um, PM showers, uh, 10 mile an hour winds um, on Sunday afternoon. So what I'm looking at there is that um, who but uh, Detroit Lions and Jared Goff and Jared Goff, who has a tremendous amount of trouble in, in wet or conditions. So mm-hmm. <laughs> conditions of any sort. Um, so this one has already come down quite a bit, um, but I'll still like it. Um, I took it at under 44, but now I'm going to um, say I'll go under 42 and a half in that Detroit Pittsburgh game. That's going to be like a 17 to 10 rainy, gross, damp November uh, Sunday in Pittsburgh. All right. So it's under, what do you have it at? 42 and a half is the current one. I'll take that one. Um, all right. Under 42 and a half. So Jeff's picks Las Vegas plus two and a half Seattle plus three. And we're going the under with the Detroit Pittsburgh game. All yes. right. Um, okay. So my, my picks, I already logged in my, um, my Las Vegas pick. I'm going to go with the, um, with a road favorite here with my second one on Monday night. I see the Rams having a bounce back game. Um, I'm not I'm not buying what San Francisco is selling. They're 0-4 at home. Um, so I'm gonna take the Rams on the road against the 49ers at minus four. Um, yeah, San Francisco looked dreadful. Yeah. Against it's Arizona. Just, and and yeah. you you gotta imagine that. Sean McVay is not going to have that kind of an offensive performance twice in a row. Yep. Um, and then um, Sam Darnold out for the Panthers with a broken shoulder, I think. It, something uh, yep. something up there something. is broken. Yep. Um, so they're starting uh, quarterback that Matt Rule is is more comfortable with. Uh, his name is, is slipping my mind at the moment. P.J. Walker. Yes, uh, but he is not going to beat the Cardinals at home. Um, I, I don't see the Panthers putting up very many points. Um, I am firmly, and I never thought I would say this, on the, uh, the Cardinals train or bandwagon. Um, so I'm going to take the Cardinals. It's a big number. Uh, the minus ten and a half, um, but I like them to pretty much dominate uh, dominate the Panthers at home. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you would to not. I mean, so you would expect the Cardinals probably to score at least twenty seven, and you know I would be surprised if Carolina scored seventeen. I guess, and I'd game. be surprised if they scored more than ten. Yeah, so I think so. You put put Carolina at 10 and then you think Arizona is going to score 21. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So I, I, that makes sense to me. Yep. All right. Um, last bit of NFL news we got is Odell Beckham jr. Um, released from his contract that seemed to be something that was heading in that direction for a little bit. And now for the first time in his NFL career, he is, uh, I believe he is an unrestricted free agent. I think that's correct. Um, so he's got a couple of places he's looking at. I'm reading uh, the Packers um, are, are one of them. I saw, um, gosh, who, who Patriot, was it? Patriots yeah, and Patriots the Saints were in I the think, mix. Right? Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. 
what what what's the latest news we can up uh, Kansas City uh, Green Bay and New Orleans um, so you are let's say that you got a pick where he's gonna land um, are you gonna go with those three or let's start here those three or the field Kansas City Green Bay New Orleans one of those three or the field uh, I, I would take one of those three. Okay. I think he he very obviously wants to go to a team that has a, a chance to win. Um, all three of those do. A lot of the other teams in the field do not. Um, and I think those are those three are very obvious um, wide receiver needy teams, right? Green Bay has been looking for a second receiver for Odell for uh, Devonte Adams for like five years. Um, Kansas right. city has been looking for a second wide receiver for Tyreek Hill for five years, right? New Orleans, right. uh, Michael Thomas announced he's that he's out for the year. So they need a number one wide receiver. Right. Um, so all of those are, are certainly possible. I, maybe this is a little hot takey on Odell Beckham jr, but I think he's, I think he's washed now. Um, his, his calling card was his supreme athletic ability. And I think his injuries have sapped that, um, guy made one so, catch on Sunday night football. Yeah. That's I, it. I, I don't, I think, and you saw from the Browns offense came alive without him. Um, that is not, a not a, a good selling point for him. Um, I think having him on your team makes you have to throw it to him a certain amount of times. And he doesn't earn that by being open. Um, so, you know, no matter how much his dad posts videos on, on Twitter of, of him being open and not getting thrown to, uh, I think he's, I think he's a net negative, um, on that big contract, but I certainly, if he signed for the minimum for the rest of the year, he certainly could make an impact, but you know, uh, I'm not holding my breath on that one. Does, Kansas City. All right, let's take. Let's look at it this way. Does Kansas City's offense get better with him? You're Kansas City, so that's Odell Beckham. You looked at it from his perspective. Go from the team perspective. Does Kansas City's offense get better with him? I mean, because their offense has been kind of stuck in the quagmire this season, I would say yes, barely, because they're they're other. Like the way that everybody's covering the the Chiefs is pretty much just not letting them go over the top. And so giving them another threat that they have to pay attention to in a different way, even if it's a, a shadow of his former self, you're not you you gotta pay attention to where Old Beckham Jr. is on the field. Um, I think that gives a chance for Kelsey or Hill to be open down the field. So I would say yes okay. for Kansas City. Packers. I mean the guy, the guys that they're trotting out at number two wide receiver aren't good, so I, I would probably say yes. I don't know. I I think that that Lazard is at this point probably better than Odo. I I don't I don't know that. I, I agree with you about the Kansas City piece. Um, I don't know that he makes the Packers better. Uh, that Lazard guy is uh, is it Adam Lazard. Is that his name? Um. I think that's his name. Uh, is it seems like a solid wide receiver that that is growing in um, uh, a word that is slipping my mind. Uh, him and Aaron Rodgers seem to be once he's free of COVID, seem to like 
have good communication on the field. What's the word I'm looking for? Rapport? Rapport. rapport. They have a good rapport. Yeah. That's it. Um, they have Cobb, Valdez, Scantling. I like, I, I, I don't, if I'm the Packers, I'm good. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need that, uh, that well, extra yeah. headache. And the one thing that has been the calling card for Aaron Rodgers on his team for the past, you know, five or so years is like, he's, he's played well without he's made, he's thrown his wide receivers open. So like, and he throws it to anybody who is open. Right. I think, you know, if you give him somebody where you have to feed the wide receiver six times and it's not Devonte Adams, like those are four and a half of those times that would be completed to literally anybody else. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I, obviously I, I think you might make him better, but not by much, not, and certainly not in, in worth the headache. Right. Cause he brings right. that kind of, um, me first mentality and, uh, you know, you, you just don't, I don't know. You just don't want that on your team. Um, I think the giants were probably happy to be rid of them, rid of him over to, to yeah. um, Cleveland and Cleveland was obviously happy to get rid of him. So, you know, there's something, you know, um, you know, and w- you, what makes any of these teams from one think, team, what yeah. makes any of these teams think that, that they're going to be the one that gets him to figure it like, come on, that's right. hubris. Like, right. He, he, this is, this is more than just, uh, more than just like a, a relationship that maybe soured with a team over like a Tom Brady, you're with the same team for however many years things grow past their their expiration date time for everyone to move on fine that happens in 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 every kind of business relationship you can or just personal relationship um but that's not what Odell Beckham is. it's not like two parties they're like all right it's time to time to move on from this cuz it's not working out for both of us he's been effectively booted from two NFL franchises, uh, despite somehow like maintaining this aura that he's some great, he's a diva. He's a diva wide receiver. He made one catch on Sunday night football. Uh, you know, which by the way, like it's that catch gets made not, not once a week, but like, okay. Like it's not just Odo Beckham jr. That can catch the ball with one hand, but you know, so right. I, I, I'm, I'm not on the Odell Beckham uh, bandwagon. Never really have been um, antics, t- too many off the field issues. Like if you got a wide receiver that has a good rapport, remember, remembered it now, uh, with, <laughs> Word with the of quarterback, the then yeah. um, why, why introduce a wild card? That's my thought. Yep. And, and football is not baseball where you could just plug in a player and, make your team better by like putting them in your lineup and you know like there's a lot of kind of understanding and uh trying to trust uh quarterback wide receiver relationship yeah. um before it it kind of like goes to the next level i think it was um you know i was watching the bears the bears game right the bears were playing um on on monday night football and there was a great play um, from Justin Fields to Darnell Mooney where they talked about how Darnell Mooney stayed after to, to catch from, from Fields. And so all of those continued repetitions then made them more comfortable on the field, right? Whereas if you throw somebody in, 
you know, you don't know if look a, a slight shoulder shake means they're going left or right. Yep. You know, those little things that just, you know, I, I yeah, somebody's going to pick them up. I, I really don't know if it's going to work out well for them. Agreed. Um, all right, last last bit of business is uh, go ahead and tell the people if you had a mulligan in your survivor. Let's say you had a mulligan and you were able to use it. Uh, with your last uh, your, your last week pick with Dallas, who are you gonna pick this week uh, in Survivor? Well, if if we're looking at you know, I've already played Arizona. Um, I've already played Indianapolis. I've already played Arizona, who has Carolina, which you talked about. Mm-hmm. I've already played Indianapolis, who has Jacksonville. Um, I've hypothetically already played Dallas, but I'm not gonna touch them either way. <laughs> um, right. Baltimore is at Miami on Thursday night. Um, Pittsburgh uh, at home. You just talked about all that weather that, that makes it a weird game. It's going to make it a weird game. I think, Oh man. Um, It would be, it might be a little bit out of the box, but I've already picked them. Um, I, I, not a lot of other people agree with me, but I like the Rams at San Francisco. I, I think, yeah, I think it's a great the, cha- the chances that I, I may have already used them. I think I might have, but on, on most of mine. But I think the chances that the Rams lose is a pr- pretty low, even though the um, even though the line is shorter than a lot of these other places. I would feel more confident about the Rams winning at San Francisco um, than really anywhere else. San Francisco doesn't have a home field advantage. Um, in fact, they may have a negative home field advantage. Um, so... That would be probably what I would go with. What about you? I think um, if I were still in it, I'd stay away from that Buffalo game just because it's a division and it's away. I'm sure they will pound the Jets, but just uh, I don't like divisional games and I don't like away games. Um, so I would probably be looking at that Pittsburgh game over Detroit um, or the Chargers. I mean, Minnesota just really cannot seem to figure anything out. They they find they're finding incredible ways to lose games. So. Um, I like that games at home for the chargers. So, um, I do that. Um, even though it is Thursday night, um, I could also see myself picking Baltimore. I guess, uh, if you're making me do it, Pittsburgh at home against Detroit would be my pick. Yeah. And it looks like 33% of the, the picks so far yeah. uh, on Pittsburgh there, which, which makes sense. It's a, um, but I don't know. At some point, Detroit is just going to play lights out and, and win. Um, they've got Pittsburgh this week, Detroit next week, which uh, are Pittsburgh. I mean, Cleveland next week, which looks like another tasty, uh, uh tasty, uh, survivor pick. So, um, the one thing I would do is I would still save, try to save Tampa Bay. Um, they have the giants in week 11. They have Carol. They end with Carolina jets, Carolina the last three weeks of the year. So right. um, I think they will be trying to gun for that number one seed in the NFC. So they may be one of the teams trying at the end of the year. So um, I would hold, hold, hold Tampa hold, Bay. No hold matter fast, what. hold fast. Yeah. And you know, Buffalo, uh, I had kept saving them. So, um, you know, I wouldn't use them at the jets, especially after that performance. Right. All right. Um, anything else we missed? We we kind of knocked it all out. We're we're up around an hour here. So any, anything to quickly squeak in? 
Um, no, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the sad things about being out of Survivor is not being able to talk about and think about Survivor and, and strategize yeah. about it. Leaves a little bit of a hole in my weekly NFL thoughts. So um, that is a that is a big time, big time bummer. Not that I was Agreed. actually going to win. It was fun for but, a while. We were both yeah. going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. We made it about halfway. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'll take that. You know, it was it was uh, there was a lot of chalky weeks and, and then the last two turned completely nuts. So the NFL NFL is uh, going to NFL, you know? Yeah. And if Pittsburgh lost to Chicago on on Monday night, that would have eliminated literally like 75 percent of the entries. even more. So, yeah. yeah. So. It, so. Um, all right. Well, tell me then, Jeff, what is it that you are going to be keeping your uh, keeping your eye on with the rest of the week here. So I've been thinking about this for a while, and I and I didn't realize how much you know I was putting you on the spot on this one. So I had to think of <laughs> I had to think of I had to think of uh, something ahead. So um, in, in one of the sports we're not really talking about, um, what I'm keeping my eye on is, and this is a little long winded, but um, I, I trust you to summarize it uh, okay. for the outro. Is that um, the NBA has changed changed their rules in the offseason, um, taking away the um, kind of plays that were engineered directly to generate fouls and get free throws. Um, and so this season, scoring is down, uh, number of free throws is down, superstars like Harden and Trey Young and Lillard, who uh, engineered the rules uh you know played by the the letter of the rule not the spirit of the rule in order to get fouls and get on the foul line um and gum up the game a bit that has been almost eliminated overnight so um one thing that i am keeping my eye on is uh the new nba kind of uh game right and how it's being played differently now a little bit more free flowing, less at the free throw line, more action, less stoppages. So that's something I'm definitely keeping my eye on here in the next week or you know month or so as it see how it plays out. Okay, I'm gonna I'll see what I can do here. So that that is interesting. Um, <laughs> I gave so, I gave you, you a difficult one, but it's a yeah, little you, bit, this a little is bit. my first time hosting, and you yeah. you yeah. you put me on. You, you like. You, you had started this segment, this final segment, saying, like, I didn't realize how much I was putting you on the spot in this segment. And then you proceeded to put me on the spot in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, I'll tell you what. I, I'm going to persevere. Um, keep your eyes glued to this new NBA style of play. And keep your ears glued to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. We will talk to you next week. All right. Talk to you next week. (laughs) You did it. That that was was smooth. Well summarized. That's a stressful segment. Yeah. (laughs) For everybody involved. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we should completely get rid of that. Yeah. Um. (laughs) No, it's 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 too much. It's it's too much of the too much of the the thing now. It's it's our shtick. Gotta keep it. Yeah, the the fans. The fans will be calling for it. Yeah, that's right. We're getting so many emails. What yeah. happened to that? What happened to our outro? Where's the outro? Where's the outro? Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs>